Dillon, up ahead, Winston. No one near him. And he's going to come out with it. And Michigan State is headed to the plus. Hello, everybody. You are listening to a new episode of Spartan Crazies with Ryan and Tim. Today, we're going to talk about the Michigan game. I uh, preview the Wisconsin game and the Illinois game and make our picks. Um, so, Tim, if you want to go ahead and take it away and talk about Michigan, go ahead. All right. Um, I feel like we need to uh, sit here and at least relish this victory for a moment. Um Ryan and I were just talking about how uh, this game, you know, if if MSU was, let's say, trailing at half and we got the win, we would be very excited about this victory, I think. More excited, I should say. But the way that MSU kind of like – it felt like MSU should have won this game big – I think a lot of fans feel that way. And they end up, like, sort of letting Michigan get back into it, which just kind of, like, sloppy, not good at closing play. Um, they've You've seen the team with these issues already this year. That part's a little concerning, but... Um, and there's other factors, but we'll get into them. It was just good to... To win against the rival, it was good to take care of that win at home. MSU was tied for first in the Big Ten when that game finished. Um, now I think Purdue is out there all alone for first set. They've played a an extra game, so um, you know I Ryan was actually there, so I kind of want to hear his take in terms of. The atmosphere um, and just how it compares to, you know, other, even Michigan-Michigan State games in the past. Uh, yeah, I was at the game, and, uh, I mean, it was pretty loud. Uh, I've heard louder Michigan games before, but uh, it got pretty pretty loud. I mean, I, I've i been, I went to the, I mean, nothing's, probably nothing's going to beat that, uh de facto Big Ten championship game that they had at Breslin like three years ago or whatever. But uh it it was it was loud, but if both teams were better, it obviously would have been louder, I think. I mean both teams are kinda possibly mediocre, um I would say this year. So but yeah, of course, every Michigan game, you know, is usually pretty loud, so um what about like Okay, let's I just want to hear more things about the game. What about the refereeing? Like what were oh, people what were oh, people feeling was, in the stadium? It was awful. I mean, we all saw what happened. Uh every single thing was a foul. Um I mean, Courtney Green and Paul Zlek are I I think those and Carstensen were the guys that were doing the game. Yeah, not a very good officiating crew. So uh, they, uh, the fans were 
whenever they would get called for a foul, they Brock's cheer it. So it was getting to that point. So that's all you need to know about how good the officiating was. Yeah, and I, I don't want to like spend a lot of time talking about officials, but obviously um, they were sort of a talking point, and you could hear the boos on television. So, um, yeah. Uh, in terms of the atmosphere when the game was over, what do you think? Uh, I mean, it was pretty normal. I, I, it was obviously better than average, but it wasn't like anything insane. Um, I mean, it, that, people didn't stick around for that last, for those last two free throws. They kind of dipped. So right, you know. Well, the game was over. right for sure, but uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it was pretty loud. Uh, I, like I said, I've heard it louder before, but it was pretty good. I would argue Vill- Villanova. I-, I wouldn't say it was louder, but it was. Well, they. I think they might have at times given the fans more, more to cheer about. To cheer about yeah. yeah, but. Um, yeah. Well, <clears throat> let's just talk like the general, like game. Uh, Ryan and I both predicted that because MSU's at home, because of the nature of this rivalry. I mean, and the fans were an extra player. In that game, there's and that's how it is. That's how home court should be. That's how rivalry games definitely should be. Um, they were, they made the environment more special than usual, and you could tell for one very obvious reason the the nerves on both teams. It was just like oozing off the court. Everybody, I, I'm not even close to the first person to note this. Everybody was reacting in real time on Twitter, yada, yada. Like, you guys, like, this team needs to settle down. Like, it is so tight. It is so nervy. Izzo makes a comment in his press conference today, never seen five uncontested air balls in my life. Um, And you could just tell. It was everything about the moment. It was um, Pierre Brooks, a guy who I think is really not afraid ever, no matter the stage, to pull the trigger. You could tell it was not the same Pierre shot. Uh, I don't want to say Pierre Brooks. It wasn't the same Pierre Brooks. But because I think that he played some pretty decent defense. I think normally times you'd make him – you'd see him kind of overhelp in one direction and somebody gets to the basket. I think Pierre kept his defender in front of him the whole game. So I'll take that. Um, But the shooting. And you could say it for both teams. Both teams were ice cold. And so MSU ends up hitting six of them in less attempts and Michigan three. That is the actual difference in the game in terms of score. But um, I think MSU, Ryan, and this is I truly believe this, like they are just way too emotional at this point still um, to the point where they are, um, so to speak, playing to their competition. They're, they can never hit that three that sets them just over the edge where they're like the other team needs to call the timeout. The game's pretty much over. They're you know just kind of hit the dagger and the game's got 10-plus minutes left in it. Um, that kind of dagger. MSU always struggles at it. And I always feel every time like it's a nerves thing. Like they don't have, quote, ice in their veins if you want to call it that. Um, but then when it comes down to it, when the other team, Ryan, is, you know, closing the gap swiftly, MSU just kind of finds 
the plays to make and wins the game. Now, the exception would be Gonzaga, but let's let's just call that the exception to the rule. Um, I feel like if MSU, you know, if Michigan makes one more three, MSU makes one more three. That's kind of like my what I'm getting to. And I know this is all just hypothetical, but I feel like they kind of play so emotional that the swings come from what the other opponent's doing usually. And, you know, the greatest teams, they're really not catching any emotions. Like, when you watch Kansas play, they just, like, think they can beat everybody in the country, which might be true in a lot of uh, occasions. But um, they come out, and every guy's shooting like they're it's 0-0, and they could be up 30. Um, and I'm just using them as a random example. They might not have even had that scenario this year. But I feel like the great teams, they're so much less emotion, way more robotic. Does that sound fun to some people? I don't know. I don't care. All I care is the truth, Ryan, is all I care about is MSU won. I did make them I, – I mentioned that specifically when we started so that we can all agree, like, beating your rival is good. Um, MSU – if you had to ask me right now, will they win in Chrysler? You know what? Michigan's probably going to be favored. Unless something happens in between in the, then and now where our opinions change a lot more. But Michigan probably is going to win in Chrysler. Based on what we've seen this season, um, sure, MSU could have blown them out. But for some reason, they just could never make you know widen that gap. And they've shown throughout the course of the season, for some reason, point margins aren't their, you know, biggest strength. And you could point to a lot of reasons why that might be the case. But, um, yeah, I one person that's definitely a scapegoat in this game, Joey Hauser, goes one for seven from three. How many of those were wide open, right? And there was probably one or two where I got out of my seat because it was the dagger. And I've said this before, I feel like Joey kind of lacks that that killer um, ice in his veins, like, hit the dagger. He looks cool and comfort- comfortable out there. He got 10 rebounds, 7 points on a very bad day. Um, no turnovers. I'll take that. But um, he also played 34 minutes. Uh, he's a senior. He took a ton of shots. Um, so, you know, you'd just like to see more. I would have liked to have seen at least one more. And, um, three go down and- and he was one of the guys I felt like the nerves were really getting to him. Like he was rushing things or he did it too slow. Like, Joey, come on, dude. You shouldn't be shooting at a different speed like every time you shoot the ball. You know when he gets it wide open, he's like, okay, I'll take twice as long on this shot. Like, just shoot it. I know that other people slow down, but you know what I'm saying? I feel like he's one of these guys that kind of garners to emotion. Um, Aikens... He's still a young player. There's more he's going to figure out. But the way he flies in for rebounds, the way that he adds that sort of dog on defense, he's not fun to play against, I bet. Um, you heard Juwan in the broadcast. I don't know if you saw this, Ryan. In one of the uh, transitions from a, like a commercial, they did the mic'd up in the, um, the uh, just kind of the timeout right. bench. And Juwan's like, you can't let Jaden Atkins get the rebound. You got to box him out because he was flying in for like, you know, he had a big offensive rebound right out of the second half, I think, which led to that 
Hogard three right at the beginning of the second half. I believe that's the play. Um, Tyson Walker, I mean, he had 14 points. Uh, he was two for five from three. I, I felt like the reason MSU is a better team this year, which I do think is the case. They're better than last season. Some people might disagree, but I think this is the case. Um, it, it, the difference is Tyson Walker's better. He's just better than he was last year. And he adds a component that every team needs. A guy who can just go get a bucket. Like, the set is done. You didn't run it successfully. You're running out of time. Tyson Walker is a guy that turns a zero to a two. Um, where last year that was a zero. And honestly, these are slim margins. Like, these are the the differences between a win and a loss. And um, he's becoming that dude. And no slouch on defense, I should add. So I think he had a good game. Let's talk um, Madi. What did you think? What did the Breslin think of Madi? Uh, I mean, he was solid defensively. I, I felt like he was good against Dickinson. Uh, I've, I, he's not uh, – obviously not a great offensive player. Um but he did enough to slow down their their guy. I mean, so he did to me he did his job and plus more. So that's all you can ask. Seven rebounds. I don't think that he got taken advantage of, which is I think that's just worst case scenario. Like when they get the ball to the not even Hunter Dickinson, any center on the block, any person posting up. When they get the ball into him, and you're like, oh, gee, like they're taking advantage of this guy. Like they're picking on Madi right now. That's when you've. It's just not working out. Um, Madi does have a lot of basketball to learn, a lot of basketball to play still yet. Um, but I think he does offer resistance, I think he offers a threat at the rim. In terms of the um, pick and roll, which they successfully got once, Madi had the chance to make it two of them. And that threat alone opens up a lot of windows for MSU's offense. So it's important that it like exists. Um, so you know, I think that, and and let's note. For some reason, the refs wanted Madi out of the game in the second half. I mean, it was actually crazy. It was pretty bad. You might... Okay, I'll give you one of the touch fouls and say, okay. But we're calling, like, three fouls on the same guy for touch fouls in the span of what? Like, five minutes. Yeah, like, what on earth are... Like, come on, man. What is it? I think the rule... Now, if if I'm wrong... You're supposed to not put two hands on him. Yeah, two hands. You can't put two hands on him. Um, there's no way that, like, they're calling that every dime. You could call that on any play in college basketball, just about. Um, now I'm probably way off because you only are doing it if you get into the post. But you see my po- Every time they get in the post, this has got to be, like, something that's happening at an incredibly high rate. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't, I didn't like the way they called. The game went from physical to soft in like the snap of a finger 
It was bad. And we're just like, okay, that's that's really not how officiating is supposed to be. So that's fine, though. Um, Malik Hall. What can we say about Malik Hall, Ryan? Um, 15 points in only 23 minutes. He offers a threat. We've gone on at distance about him. Um, he's still kind of shy on the rebounds. He's he's not, like, flying in there. And I think that's probably for the best for right now. Had a couple of turnovers, but... Um, they, this team needs Malik Hall as bad as they need anybody on this roster, I think. Uh, he's captain he's senior etc etc a threat on at any part of the floor offensively and a huge factor for Michigan State on defense let's talk about this um Michigan State if you go to Bart Torvik and you filter for Michigan State games played only with Malik Hall their efficiency, the efficiency numbers for that sample compared to the full sample size for all the teams and their numbers, it has MSU as 11th best team in the country. Now, I'm not, I don't need to explain why that's like a huge asterisk because maybe some of those games, if they had Malik Hall, they still wouldn't have been good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that could have happened. That Notre Dame game was just a bad... Is everything was bad about it. I don't know how much Mully Call changes. If they're hitting everything, we're missing everything. So, um, but the huge, huge important thing here is the offense marginally better. That's because, I mean, they just laid a huge offensive egg against Michigan, who is not, you know, a lights-out defensive team. Um, it's the defensive end. Bart Torvik, Michigan State with Mully Call. They're rated sixth best defensive adjusted efficiency in the country. Uh, what I do know is they're going to get better on offense. They're just going to like improve. There might be nights where they don't shoot as well, but I can already see the improvement. Um, it's going to be hard for Madi to score less than zero points every night. And I, I just see, if anything, like they get better offensively. Uh, I think you're you seeing the strides in front of your eyes. Um, and against Michigan, they just didn't drop. There was nerves, tons of air balls. I think they ran some of their offense great and then kind of messed up because of a last-second error. They're, they're close. Offense can be taught and fixed, and they've got shooters. They're good. Defensive end is where... Like, if Michigan State's not good on defense, I don't really care. They're probably, like, a team that could easily lose before the second weekend. But if you're, for real, if this Michigan State defense isn't a fluke, it's indicative of actual good defending, which I think if you just use your eyeballs, you can see they're guarding pretty well. Um, if, you're just, if you're giving... No asterisk here. Penn State scored 58 points. Brown, 50. Oakland, 54. Buffalo, 68. Nebraska, 56. Michigan, 53. Ryan, did you just hear those numbers? Nope. 
One team broke 60. And it was Buffalo. It was the, like, that I mean, I'm not going to go back into the Buffalo game. We all saw it. Like, the fact that Buffalo is the only one, it's probably an anomaly, to be honest. I, it's hard for me to believe that all of these teams had bad shooting nights coincidentally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty fair. Um, and Penn State, they can light it up. 58 points. Um, now, keep in mind, Malik called it in play at Penn State or Brown or Oakland, but the rest of the team did. Literally, the entire rest of the team. So now they've got a guy back there who's making people feel a little more confident that, like, they can't mess up. You know, mess up and it's a bucket. Now they've got a guy keeping younger players who, you know, a couple of guys are playing a lot. This is their biggest role ever. Um, He's keeping them organized, keeping them confident. And the night where they're shooting well... I think they just win the game, Michigan State. Because this team's shooting well is like 50% from three in the field. They shoot poorly. You get um, what you got against Michigan, which was... And that was a poor shooting night. Don't get it wrong. 31% from three, 40 from the field. And that if that's like close to your floor... That's um, I don't get me wrong. That was a terrible offensive performance, but you know, if thirty one point six percent is your floor, that gives you a little margin for error. Because the team that just came to Breslin shot fifteen percent from deep. That's, I mean, could you imagine watching a Michigan State game oh, this God. season? And they only make three total threes. How many did they make against Notre Dame? Game, I was about to ask the same thing. I'm saying, could you imagine? We actually watched it happen. They made four. Oh, <laughs> can't imagine, right? Four of 24. I literally cannot imagine. They only four took... Four of 12? 12. Jesus. That's probably why they only took... Or made four, though. You know, they they really stuck to their... Izzo made a point of... He probably said, shoot in your bench. Um, <laughs> for real. I mean, how do you... Because well, you're losing by 20. It's got the urge to jack a three. All right. It's significant. Anyway, going off the rails here. Um, If you can't tell, I think, and of course, this is my mistake, Ryan, but I think that I'm like buying back in. Whereas you heard me, without Malik Hall, they look terrible. I think, not because they beat Michigan, but because... Their metrics are very good when they have their full team. Now, I am 100% capable of understanding that this could just be a sample size issue and that you get a bigger sample, relegates to the mean, or not relegates, um, whatever the word is. <laughs> it regresses uh, to regresses, the mean. Yeah. Um, relegates... That's, now it sounds stupid. The guy from Glass Onion. I was going to say, that's you. You're uh, Ricky from Trailer Park. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm, that's what Michigan wins do to me. <laughs> I just become Ricky. Um, so, yeah. Now, Ken Palm has Michigan State as 43rd. Half of the games on Ken Palm are played without Malik Hall. 
I think they looked terrible without him. I think that kind of matches up. And if you average it out, sure, 43rd, uh, that works. Before he went out, they were like 20s, close to 30s. 20s, yeah, I'm I think that Michigan State is actually a top 25 team. That's my opinion. If they go and lose to Wisconsin without Tyler Wall, I'm going to be like, okay, we should have known. Like, they only scored 59 at home in the last game. Like, we should have known. That all being said, I don't think there's any way that Michigan State is going to have the nerves for Wisconsin. Sure, it's a Big Ten road game. Cole Center, it's intimidating. It's probably going to be, like, packed, right? Um, Michigan State come to, uh, to town. Um, Ken Palm has this as a 63-60 win for Wisconsin. So not really liking Michigan State's chances offensively. I think that's fair. Um, <clears throat> that all being said... Tyler Wall's probably their best player. And if reports are to be believed today, which if he plays tomorrow, I will not be shocked at all. Like, the, honestly, I'll be like, of course. Like, because there's tweets coming out already saying, like, he didn't practice yesterday, he didn't practice today, and unlikely to play. So, I'm just going to go ahead with that and say, Tyler Wall's not playing. I think you have a... See a line movement, too, in Vegas, so that's kind of telling, too. What? Yes. Good, great point, Ryan. Line's already moving because this Tyler Wall news came out. Literally like dropped ago. a point since we started. Actually, I think it was like an hour... Yeah, two hours ago. So, yeah, people are aware now. And I'll just say this. Tyler Wall, he's probably a crafty defensive guy. But where he hurts people is offensively. He's smart. He can hit shots. He's a stretch guy. He's good around the basket. He can kind of do something crafty and make somebody bite and find a shooter. He's good. The immediate thing that comes to mind for me is who would have been guarding Tyler Wall, Ryan? Malik Hall. Or Joey Hauser. So now their best chance at hurting Joey Hauser, gone. And if he can hit a shot tomorrow, um, tomorrow night being Tuesday, we're recording on Monday. I mean, he's going back home, so. That too. He's had success against Wisconsin in the past. I think, um, I think a game where Joey isn't getting exposed defensively is your best chance for Joey to like light it up offensively. Now I could be totally wrong, but if <laughs> based on when I see him getting like eaten alive defensively, the body language, you know what I mean, and that's never a good sign. So I mean, if Joey's like getting rebounds and stops. He walks into those threes that we know he can hit. I mean, what is he shooting this year? This year he's thirty-eight percent. I think is the last I saw. As of right now, Ken Palm has him at 40% from oh, deep. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Tyson Walker, 38. Aikens, 43. Pierre Brooks, 39. Malik Hall, 41. And the uh, only person I didn't really mention that shoots... Is Hogard. Is Hogard, who... 
he's he's an all or nothing guy. Like he's hitting his shots or he isn't in the game, in my opinion. Like he's hitting jump shots or he's hitting none. He's at twenty eight percent, not good. But also a very small volume. Like um Akins has taken more threes than Hogard. That sounds right in my head. Yeah. Um But Akins was also hurt, so Pierre Brooks Many more threes than Hogard. That makes, <laughs> makes sense, though. Anyway, um, Joey, you know, when he's hitting those threes, that's when he becomes the guy that you're like, okay, we we get it now. When he comes around those screens and he hits those shots, too, and Joey's just on fire, he looks great. He does. But the whole reason we're talking about him is I think the Tyler Wall um, matchup is one that kind of scares me. And... You can say what you want about who's their best player, but um, I regard Wall as probably their most efficient player, both sides of the ball and, you know, all aggregated. And I think that's probably a really big news if he doesn't play. For Michigan State, um, they can absolutely go in to Cole Center and beat this team. And if they don't have Tyler Wall... I would almost venture to say, like, Michigan State could be favored. Yeah, That's really... I think it's going to shift. I do think it's going to shift uh, that. It, it might. And I really do believe if you count fully healthy Michigan State versus Tyler Wall-less Wisconsin. I'm not trying to, like, say Wisconsin's terrible. They've, they've got the same... Well, no, they've got a slightly better record than Michigan State, I think. Am I wrong? Yeah, they do. It's about the same. 11-3. Yeah. 3-1. So, that's another um, sort of, like, that's another reason this game is really important to win. Not only is it on the road, but, I mean, technically right now, they're tied, Michigan State and Wisconsin. This would be a, like, I hope people understand when I say, in terms of standings, this would be a full game win. You know what I mean? Yeah. The opponent like loses. It's, and wide, you win. it's wide open right now. I mean, it, it like instead of half a game up, they'd go one full game above Wisconsin, obviously. So, um, big. And then, I mean, we could preview the game, but I think everyone knows what Wisconsin is: slow, boring. They're gonna They're keep the gonna possessions down. Been the same for twenty years. We've seen the team. They're like suspiciously all white. <laughs> uh, hey, they have like one. I think they have one black guy on their team. Okay, like, so you yeah, they justified have, what I just said. Yeah, I, I did. I did. <laughs> um, I, Chucky Heckburn. I'm pretty sure he's the only guy. Yeah, that's that's just suspect. <laughs> um, that all being said, they are definitely a team that could beat Michigan State. If you want to go flip side, Michigan State coming off of a an emotional win, a win that like their coach puts a lot of emphasis into, um, and, you know to to get back up after that and go bring it to Wisconsin. I think it would say a lot about how Michigan State comes in if they come out hot and sort of punch Wisconsin in the mouth. I think you could say like they weren't happy. I honestly after the Michigan game. My thought, Ryan, was that almost is best case scenario. Michigan State won, and like they have a reason to still be like way hungry 
um, because they didn't play well. Right. And Izzo said it directly after the game. It's great to play very poorly and still win the game. Um, I don't know if he was – some people might say he's trying to take a dig at Michigan, but I think that what he said is totally true. They did play very poorly. Um, whether that was Michigan's doing or not, I think all of the open wide – you know, wide open threes that they missed would say otherwise, though. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, Michigan State, I'm going to say – I'm going to pick them to win tomorrow oh, night. Oh, Okay. I I I think I'm just gonna go Wisconsin here because it's out. It's on the road. You're you're just like prove me wrong. Yeah, that that's fair. Um, and that's like even like if you're assuming Tyler Wall's out or if he's yeah if he's out, I still think Wisconsin finds a way to win this game. Interesting. You're you're not sold yet. No, no. Because Michigan they State didn't a, look great. They haven't won. I mean, I guess they won at Penn State, but that's not. It's it's Penn State. I mean, it's not like it's a crazy rough environment. So, yeah. You know, different, different thing here. So, yeah, I guess we are gonna have to wait and see. So, yeah, Wisconsin, um, important win. I mean, I personally don't think in my head that Michigan State can really hang with Purdue for the full Big Ten season. Probably not. Um, unless they were to somehow go two and zero against them, which would be. I mean, that would be a significant, like, scoreline. For Michigan State to go 2-0 head-to-head with Purdue this year, that might change my mind. But, um, like, over the course of the season, I think Purdue's just way more efficient. Like, they've just got way easier offense, and you take the – you take easy every time when it comes to this. So, um, okay, let's talk Illinois. Ryan's going to the game. Um, Champagne. Never been. Nope, I've never been there. I, too, have never been there. Um, Illinois, surprisingly, even though they've really gone on a huge slide, um, they're 32nd in Ken Palm. They are, now they, they are right on the bubble right now in every single projection I see. <laughs> yeah, which is... I mean, that's Ken Palm, it's a, a totally objective view. But it's, you know... There's flaws. Yeah, it, because there's a lot of exceptions that you'd have to, like, really filter for. And, you know... So, we're just going the full objective picture. Illinois, over the course of the season, they've been a good team. Uh, they did just beat Wisconsin, which is a relevant talking point. This was in Champaign. Um, Illinois was pretty desperate for a win. That's true. Tyler Wall... Did not play. Um, I mean, I don't know if you want to draw too many conclusions, but Wisconsin let up 79 without Tyler Wall. Uh, I didn't watch the game, so I could be... Maybe Illinois was just, like, hitting everything. But Wisconsin's bread and butter is their defense, and they just got, like... Annihilated. Yeah, I mean, they're giving up... They only lost it by 10, but... Like, they gave up 79. Like, they were scoring pretty easily, um, Illinois was. So, I've watched Illinois several times. I generally like them, but they're, they're clearly streaky. I think that they're really hot and cold. I think Michigan State's a team that's 
comparable in that way. Uh, maybe a very comparable team in general. Um, there's a couple guys that, you know, every, I think, you know, most people know their name. One, the big transfer, Terrence Shannon Jr. Um, he's, a, he's a player. And there's it's really no other way to put it. Athletic, he can hoop, he can shoot the ball. Sometimes he's lights out. Um, so he has, you know, ability to hurt somebody. Coleman Hawkins, this guy is like super hateable. He's, <laughs> oh my god, yes. He, he's just kind of like everywhere and annoying. And you know what? When I say that out loud, a, I would love to have him on my team. It's a player you want playing for your team. So while it's easy to hate him, he's six ten, and the guy's everywhere. He can dribble the basketball. He can shoot. He can shoot from outside a little so, bit. So I mean that he's effective and he's a threat. He's a problem. And then there are other times you watch him play and you're like, this guy kind of sucks. And I'm I'm saying that kind of... You In know, a I'm, general term. Yeah, I mean, I'm exaggerating. Right. But, like, you watch him and he's kind of sloppy and loose. Right. And not the kind of player you want on your team. Kind of like Marcus Bingham? Um, I mean, yeah. The, a little bit of that in him, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Matthew Mayer. Now, is he hurt? I heard... I he played... I don't know if he played in the Wisconsin game, but the game they played before that I watched on TV and he played. You know, we should have probably looked this up. Look it up on Twitter real quick. I thought I heard he hurt his hand, um, and I can't find anything on a quick Google search, but he played at Baylor, transfers to Illinois. Um, he was actually on their national championship yeah. team as a bench. I'm pretty sure he's coming off the bench. Yeah. Every time I've seen him play, which also, by the way, he played against Michigan State last year when we lost to Baylor in, uh, in that um, holiday tournament. I've just always liked his game. I think, like, for his size, he's kind of, like, in, at his best. He's kind of like what we hoped Joey was going to be. Kind of a killer. Can, you know, hurt you off the dribble. Can dunk on you. Kind of just kind of do it all. And, um... I mean, he's shooting 36% this year, so he's, he's definitely a threat to hit it from deep. I, I, I think that he's an asset. I do. And then I think uh, one of the big talking points this year, or this year, just recently, this just happened, I think, yesterday, Sky Clark, a uh, really big um, recruit he that they just brought in. Yeah, he left the team indefinitely. Um, I don't know the if anyone really knows the reasoning. Just like mental health, that's uh, I would. I think that's part of it. Yeah. So yeah, um, it's just uh, it's just one of those things. I hope he gets better, and um, we will not be seeing him play uh, on Friday. Yeah, I've watched Illinois a few times this year. Uh, one of the guy, the guys that really stood out to me was Dane Danger, their uh, big guy. Um, he's I forgot he's, to mention he is he kind of reminds me of Derek Nix. Um, and then if, if you get the ball in deep into the post, you're there's you're done. Okay, somehow I didn't know this, but he also transferred from, from Baylor? Baylor. Yes. Okay, so he played against Michigan State last year too. Yep. Um, it looks like he didn't play much though, but, uh, 
I have seen uh, Danger too, um, and yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah. I think he's a spark of energy, and kind of like how Terrace Reed was for Michigan the other day. I think that he's a player that's going to come off the bench and hurt MSU. He is. Uh, he. Is, I would say he's for. He's much further advanced than uh, Terrace Reed as well. So yeah. So that's a guy you're. You're going to be like. His name is what? No. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think he's going to hurt MSU. So this game is in Champaign. Ryan's going to be there yelling his brains out, but I don't know if that's going to be enough. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I think MSU's taking an L here as well. Uh, I think they got one and two this week. I would be happy with a split, to be honest. I think it should be noted that Michigan State is a team that Illinois fans are going to show up for and be loud. It's on for. Friday night too. Um, so, yeah, and they. I mean, it's not like we have a terrible relationship with Illinois fans, but uh, it's not great. <laughs> they want to beat Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, I think they kind of see Michigan State as like old money and their new money, and like like the torch is theirs. They kind of feel that way. Not even close, but well, yeah. <laughs> that's how they feel. But um, no, this is going to be a raucous environment. We've seen the games. There, um, it's gonna be hard to win there, and I honestly think if Michigan State goes two and zero this week, you got to talk about a legitimate Big Ten contender at that point if they win both these games. It's a big deal. Um, two road wins. Now that's followed up by Purdue coming to town, but I think that if if they have a chance against Purdue, it's at Breslin. So. Yeah, oh, I agree. Um, so I don't know. I mean. This could so easily be like any which way. Oh and three, three and oh. Now we didn't talk about Purdue, but I'm just kind of jumping or bunching them in. Let's just go back to the two. This could easily be two and oh, oh and two, one and one. I mean, what? I guess I'm happy with one and one. Obviously, dejected if they go oh and two. I think that I'd probably be like, okay, so they are kind of the team. We thought. All right, let's get into the picks here. Uh, I am th- Tim went three and two on picks from like a month ago, and I went two and three. So that's our college basketball record as of now. So let's get into it. All right, MSU against Wisconsin. I guess do we want to put it down as even because that's what it is now? Or are we going to do? Uh... Um. It's currently even now. All right, let's do it. All right, pick them. So I've got Wisconsin. Um, I think Tim said he was picking MSU to win. Yeah, that's accurate. All right. All right, uh, Illinois goes to Nebraska. Illinois is favored by three. Uh, Nebraska has not looked very good recently. Illinois kind of needs a win here. Uh, give me the fighting Illini. Um. Yeah, like Illinois is better, so let's just go with that. Oh, um, Indiana, they're going over to um, play Penn State. This is at Penn State's actual arena, which mm-hmm. is called what? Bryce Jordan Center. Bryce Jordan. There you go. Um, Penn State's one point favorite over Indiana. Uh, I think Indiana's garbage. Uh. I'm going to pick Penn State. I've been say, I, I, I never got the Indiana hype from the beginning of the year. It's like, they're bringing back everybody. Yeah, on a team that was like an 11 seed. Congratulations. Like, 
<sighs> does not move me at all. I totally agree with you, and then I think like Indiana to go to lose another would just be horrific. Like they need this more than anything. And does it does Penn State have anybody who can really match up with Trace Jackson? Davis? That is a thing that Penn State struggles with is size because you saw that with Edie. They don't really have. Yeah, a lot but of they size. do. They do have the ways to like beat you around that. I'm just gonna go like desperation mode for IU, and they're getting a point. So fuck. Oops. So screw it. <laughs> uh, um, Rutgers. They are one point favorites over Northwestern, and this is um, in Evanston. So this is gonna be. If you love defense, this is the game for you. It's <laughs> not gonna be a lot of points in this. That's game. That's a good point. This this is a fun matchup, actually. Um, what do you think? Oh, man. I'm going to pick Northwestern. I kind of like how they've been playing. Uh, Rutgers kind of got the tar beat out of them at home against Iowa on Sunday. So I'm going to pick Northwestern. I think they're going to win this game. I've been kind of riding Rutgers hype train, so let me just stick with them until they prove me wrong. I mean, they kind of did this past weekend. But, um, you know, they – they're going to take their, their lumps. It's the Big Ten. So I still like them. I still like their pieces. All right, Minnesota. <laughs> They're going down to Columbus. And um, Ohio State is 18-point favorite. I'm going to pick Ohio State here because, good Lord, Minnesota sucks. They are terrible. Okay. Ohio State's going to win by 17. <laughs> I'm just doing the number. 18 points in a Big Ten game. So that feels like the smart choice. All right. Um, Michigan. They're going down to Carver-Hawkeye. Um, Hawkeyes are four-point favorites. I'm going to pick Iowa here. I, I liked how they played. At, so I tweeted out... Uh, during one of their games, I, what uh, was it? Rutgers or they won a game? No, they did not win a game before. So it was the Rutgers game. I, was, I think I tweeted out, uh, "Yeah, Iowa might be Nebraska bad level," and they went on some like insane run. <laughs> and I was like, "Whoops, that take uh, aged pretty badly." So I'm gonna pick Iowa. I'm gonna pick. I pick Iowa for sure. They put points on the board. Um, I think they need a win, and it's fun to pick against Michigan. So, same. Um, Michigan State going to Champaign. Illini, four-point favorites. I think MSU will cover four, but they're going to lose. Wow, that's a that's a slim margin here. So you think that MSU is going 0-2 this week? I do think MSU is going 0-2 this week. Wow, that's fascinating. Now, do you think the likelihood they go 1-1 one one is greater, though? Yes. Okay. Because I think they're both basically flips. Well, maybe not Illinois. Anyway, um, I'm going to take Illinois to cover four. Um, I hope I'm wrong. Nebraska, Purdue. Purdue is 13-point favorites. This is at Mackey. Keep in mind, they played a close one. I think Purdue's going to destroy Nebraska <laughs> this time. You know, last time, I feel like we had a, a pick like this last year. And, and then it, it was like the same thing yeah. both games. Yeah. Why? 
You know, Walker probably relishes that matchup. Mackey is not a fun place to play. Hell. Rutgers, I can't believe I can't believe Rutgers won there. That I'm going. Crazy. Nebraska is like slightly better than, like they're really kind of getting credit for. And I'm going to say cover, of course, not a win. <laughs> um, Wisconsin, Indiana, Bloomington, six point favorites for the Hoosiers. I don't like either of these teams a lot. Um, if Wisconsin's got Wall back, and I don't know if they will, so I'm just going to pick IU here. But uh, covered because uncertainty of him. Oh, it's a good call. This is kind of a like close match, I think, and one team's getting six, so that's me. Wisconsin. Northwestern going to Ann Arbor, four point favorites for the uh, Wolverines and. Um, so what do you think? I'm kind of on the Northwestern train now, to be honest. I don't think they're going to win this game, but I think they'll keep it within four. Uh, give me the Wildcats to cover that. They do play some legit – like, they're playing real defense they and travels. very good. But Michigan can kind of, like, just go crazy, and that's the game they win. Um, I don't know. I've seen Northwestern play better basketball, though. I'll take them. Picking against Michigan again. Fund. Ohio State Rutgers. This is at the rack. Um, yeah. I think Rutgers win, covers two points pretty easily. Here. They have a, an axe to grind. Yep. So I'm going with that as well. And they're home. So. Um, Hawkeyes, they're hosting Maryland. Um, Iowa by three. What do you think? I'll take Iowa here. Uh, Maryland just kind of. I mean, they won on Sunday against OSU at home, but OSU played, like, complete trash, so. I guess it probably isn't a bad thing to pick the home team. They need it, too. Ah, dang. I hate this bet. I just don't like Maryland. I don't like them at all this year. They had that easy schedule to start, and then they started playing actual teams and started losing games. All right, you just talked me into it. That's usually not a, not a winning good sign, bet yeah. for me. But they're at home. I mean, it's not the worst pick in the world. All right, that'll, that's going to do. We've got a lot of picks here. Um, basketball's in full swing. I mean, there's going to be tons of games now. Twice a week, you can pretty much book it. Um, cold outside, stay inside, watch basketball. If you live in East Lansing or somewhere nearish in the world, um, I guess this is basketball weather. <laughs> I mean, I've never really thought about it because it's an indoor sport, but this is basketball weather. Just cold as shit in the middle of uh, Michigan winter. Pretty so, much. Um, but some of my best memories. So absolutely. Hey, let's uh, let's do it again. Listen, there's so much more basketball to be played. Anything can happen. This could go totally straight line, like nothing really changes. MSU could be actually good. I don't think you can rule it out. And then could they be kind of like not that good and like very, you know, 40 to 50 on Ken Palmish? I think that's totally in the realm of possibility. Hey, but that'll probably make the tournament. Um, Number one priority, for sure, make the tournament. And then... I just don't think this team can win the conference. Um, they're too inconsistent, and you have to be consistent for like 20 games to win. So, 
that's too much for me, but we've seen worse Michigan State teams bloom into something special and make a run. You know what I mean? Like, in March, could this team beat four teams in the tournament? I think so. I I wouldn't, like, shoo that in, pencil that in, you know, put rent on that, but I think this team has what it takes to make a run because they're showing they can play defense. They do have veterans and they could shoot the ball um that's important and some a couple of guys now are starting to emerge where they can just kind of get a bucket and these are all good things so all right ryan you got anything else to say oh no i i'm hoping that they can pull at least one win out this week uh hypothetically two and oh what are you thinking is that oh i think i I think you gotta talk about big 10 contender at that point but you're making a massive swing yeah, I think these two games are – if you win two road games against two teams that are, like, probably top five teams in the Big Ten, then, yeah, you got to be considered a Big Ten contender. I know it's that big of a swing, but, yeah. Hmm. Well, not that your opinion's wrong, but um, – so you hold these two games in high state. Yeah, I, I think it'll tell us a lot, especially with Malik Hallback now. So, like, you know, the defense should at least – should be good, so – my fear is that Michigan State beats Wisconsin without Tyler Wall. And then we're thinking, like, yeah. It's and it's gold. like yeah. fool's gold. Um, winning at Illinois, that's the bigger achievement this week. If they go one and one, that's the one I want. Yeah, I don't care what happens with Tyler Wall. But my thinking is that they are going to, you know, have their hands full down there in Champaign. And Ryan will be there. In person to see it. So um, we're going to have reporting from the ground floor. Um, that's where your your seats are. Yeah, just so you know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, his family member is nope. important down nope. there. Nope. <laughs> it's like the Ishbia of Illinois. Yeah, we're, um, we're just going to have to wait and see. This does mean a lot this week. You're right. It's just it would only be two wins, and they need a ton more. And it, So I feel like... We just have so far to go. And this January gauntlet, we didn't even talk about it. It's terrible. Don't look at your ESPN app. Don't look at the January games. Because you're just going to be like, what? Like, this is unfair. Um, That's why, like, a game like Northwestern on the schedule at home. Really needed to win that game. That's one you're just kind of be – you're going to be regretting. But, hey, Malik Hall did not play in that game. And um, I think we've seen it's bearing out that he's pretty important. And a player of great magnitude in terms of their success. So, all right, Ryan, if that's all you got, um, we're just going to wrap it up. Go green. Go white. Dylan up ahead, Winston. No one near him. And he's going to come out with it. And Michigan.